Welcome to Valley Heat. I'm Doug Duguay. This is a podcast about the neighborhood. My neighborhood, the Burbank Rancho Equestrian District right here in Los Angeles County. Brought to you today by Paul Robinson's Christmas Tubs. What Paul is selling is this Christmas experience where you go into this place and you get in a jacuzzi and it snows on your head. And he calls it a Christmas tub store. It's for families, couples, anyone's welcome. It's for anyone who wants to get in a jacuzzi and have it snow on their head, which I would say is pretty much anyone. I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you're in a hot jacuzzi and it's winter and there's snow everywhere and it starts to snow and the snow falls right on your head. There's really nothing like this experience and Paul Robinson is offering it to you for $50 an hour. Now, if you want to go in by yourself, it's $50, but if you want to bring your family, it's $50 for you, and then it's only $47 for every other family member that joins you. Man, I tell you, I've tried this, and it's incredible. I mean, you talk about feeling like, where the heck am I? I did. I felt like I was up in Big Bear, but I wasn't. I was sitting in this pop-up store on Magnolia Boulevard. And I'll tell you another thing. He's starting a course to teach you how you can start your own Christmas holiday experience store of your very own. Sign up for one of these courses that Paul's giving within the next week, and he'll give you 50% off. You can take a four-day course. It's an eight-hour-a-day, four-day course. It's $450, and he'll teach you how to start one of these stores. And all you'll have to do is you buy four jacuzzis, and you can write all this off as a business expense. What you're going to be doing is you're investing in a two-month rental of one of these breakout stores, and then you buy four jacuzzis. What you can do is after you buy these four jacuzzis and you install them, Then you can sell them uh, at a slight discount during the off season after the Christmas season is over and the Christmas experience store season is over. You sell the jacuzzis, you know, on Craigslist or something. You get a little bit of return. And I mean, you're going to be able to get a good return on these jacuzzis because they've only been used for a couple months. I mean, granted, they've been used for, you know, public use. So hundreds of people will have used them, but they're essentially like new jacuzzis. So if you think about it, what's a new large jacuzzi cost? Maybe a couple thousand dollars, and you're going to buy four of those for this space. That's about eight to $10,000. You're going to invest just in the jacuzzi. Then you're going to rent the store. You know, a breakout Halloween-style store is about $1,500 a month. That's going to be $3,000 in rental fee. You're going to just have to have business insurance. You have a small staff. You can run one of these places with about 15 employees, people that, you know, wash the towels, people to make sure that people that walk in are clean and that they have paid for tickets, you know, basic staff type of stuff that you would do at like a small theme park. And then other issues like health code and renting a snow machine or purchasing a snow machine. All that stuff's covered in Paul's course. So you got to check it out or just go to one of the stores. Paul Robinson's Christmas Tubs. There's nothing like sitting in a hot jacuzzi while snow's falling on your head. Neck down hot, neck up cold. Paul Robinson's Christmas Tubs. Check them out.
All right, and that's Randy Poole and Cephalopodja People with Christmas Tub. You can hear all the Cephalopodja People music at the Valley Heat Patreon page if you want to go and check it out. Okay, and actually Randy's calling me right now. I think he's still a little bit upset about what I said last time about guitar solos, so let me pick this up. Hey, Randy, how are you? Hey, man. I just uh, wanted to call and say happy holidays. Hey, well, happy holidays to you. So, have you gotten given any thought about solos? I just feel like last time we talked, you weren't really, seemed like you weren't taking it very seriously at all. Have I given any thought to solos? solos? Like, and the importance of them. Randy, I don't know why you think I have a problem with solos. I just think sometimes your solos go on a little bit too long, and sometimes a song doesn't really call for a solo. I feel like you just don't understand how important solos are. Randy, I don't have a problem with guitar solos in general. I just think that the long ones could be shorter. I'm bringing back the guitar solo. Okay, well, I'm not trying to stop you. Sounds like it. I'm not trying to stop your solo thing. How do you feel about drum solos? Uh, I don't know. I guess I feel the way most people feel about drum solos. I mean, unless you're Ginger Baker or, I don't know, Steve Gadd, I don't think there's really any need for a drum solo. Well, get ready, because I just picked up the drums, and you're getting a big old blast of drum solo, my friend. Wait, you mean in the music this week? I am saying that you're going to hear one of the most amazing drum solos that you've ever heard in your entire life. Three words for you. Triple kick drum. Triple kick drums? You have three kick drums? How do you even play all of them? I have a headband that has a mallet on it. You play three kick drums, one of them with your head? That's right. How do you play... How would you even play a third kick drum? Well, what you do is I have a... It's my own design. Um, I don't want to give away all the secrets because there's a lot of people trying to do this right now. Do me a favor and nod your head right now. Okay, I'm nodding my head. If you were hooked up to my drum set right now, you would be hitting the drum. So you're saying you're playing one kick drum with each foot and then your head is playing a third kick drum? Triple kick drums. I'm bringing triple kick drum to the mainstream. All right, I mean, I it's going to be interesting. I'm, 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 uh... Okay, listen to this. Is that the triple kick drum I'm hearing? Oh, yeah. I don't know why anyone hasn't thought of this before. No one thought they needed it, but I guarantee you, you will not think that in a month. Okay. I mean, I don't know where all these drum solos are going to fit on the show. There's always a place for a solo. All right, Randy. Well, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Triple kick it. You triple kick it, too. Okay. All right, and before the show starts, Randy has this holiday song that he wanted me to play before the show starts, so let's check it out. All I ever needed was a triple kick drum Two kicks just wouldn't do As a triple man living in a double man's world And I hope the world understands when I start a triple kick drum band. That's what I want. A triple kick drum band. I hope people understand when I shout my triple kick drum band. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Randy Poole's triple kick drum band. It's been far too long. 
Randy Poole with his Christmas song, Triple Kick Drum Christmas. That is definitely some fast kick drumming. All right, let's start this episode of Valley Heat. So it's the holiday season, and so the first thing I wanted to talk about was something that is going on with my father-in-law, Chuck. My wife, Faye, is still staying up at his house. She got mad at me a few weeks ago because I didn't fire the pool guy like I was supposed to, and we thought that he was using the garbage can to deal drugs, which he's not. We thought he was using the garbage can as a drug drop. He's not doing that, but at the time, we thought that he was. Anyway, I was supposed to fire him, and I didn't. And when she found out that I didn't fire him, she got pretty angry, and she made me pull over on the freeway and she got out and then she climbed this fence and Chuck came down and picked her up and brought her back to his house. And he says she can't come home right now because this big expensive electric gate won't open or close, but hopefully she'll be home soon. And the main thing I wanted to talk about was it's Christmas and every year Chuck buys our son, Phil, who just turned 16. He buys him something way too expensive and inappropriate. And this year it went way too far. You know, for Chuck, he's really proud of how much money he's got. And so part of getting a gift from him is also finding out that he's pretty rich. And sometimes he'll be kind of backhanded about it with me. Like last year, he got me this really expensive laser helmet you put on your head that makes you grow hair. It's like a $1,500 helmet. And I said, I don't, you know, do you think I'm missing hair? He said, I don't know. I guess I just thought that you looked like the guy on the box. And then I looked at the box that it came in and I mean... No one would want to look like this guy. I mean, he's not a bad looking guy, but he's a guy wearing a laser helmet. And in the picture on the box, he's wearing this helmet and he's hanging out with his wife in the kitchen. And she's looking at him like, you know, it's totally normal that you'd be wearing this helmet and we're in the kitchen. But that's kind of how Chuck works. He tries to get under your skin. But I still love the guy, you know. He's just trying to protect his daughter and no one's good enough for her, especially me. I mean, that's actually a direct quote from Chuck. But the main thing I wanted to talk about here was the Christmas gift he got for Phil. How surprised I was. 
I recorded this conversation with Phil when I discovered what Chuck got for him. I was actually in here in the garage doing the podcast, and I didn't know where Phil was. I had sent him to the grocery store to get some stuff for dinner, and I gave him a call to see what was going on. And anyway, I'll play that conversation for you right now. Hey, well, how did you? Where are you? You told me to go to the store to grab some chicken, so I'm 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 doing that. You went to go to the how, but. Am I crazy? The car's still here. Sorry, I I, I, I didn't want to tell you. Um, Grandpa gave me a car. You driving a car that Chuck gave you? Yeah. Uh, what kind of car is it? Um, it's a Tesla. He gave you a Tesla. I, I can drive it. Um, if that's what you're worried about. No, I'm not worried about that. I'm I can't believe that he gave you a, what I'm assuming is somewhere between an eighty and one hundred thousand dollar car. I don't have to give it back, do I? You really should have told me that you had the car. I mean, I was I was going to tell you, but I I didn't think you'd be into it because it's an advertisement for his company. There's a special muffler in it. Uh, a muffler on the on a Tesla? Yeah, sort of like a muffler emulator. It's something he invented. It makes it sound like a muscle car. You're driving around a promotional item for Chuck. He said that for Christmas. You give me a car for free as long as I use this muffler emulator and drove the car around. So I'm doing that. What was that sound? The car just did an automatic lane change and it honked, I guess. That was the car honk? That's the horn in the car. It's kind of train whistle or a, uh, or a ship horn, I think he put in there. Can that be turned off? Sorry, it- it, it keeps honking every time there's something close to it. All right, so you heard that. And it's not one of the cheaper Teslas, which already are pretty expensive. It's the top-of-the-line Tesla SUV, and Chuck just gives it to him. Well, he doesn't give it to him. He gives it to him with the expectation that Phil will drive this thing around to advertise this muffler product that Chuck has invented. The hood is wrapped in an ad for Chuck Baker Empire Auto, which is his business. Chuck is this car mod and muffler king all throughout the Ventura area. And they love him up in Ventura. They love to do all the weird stuff to their cars. That's Chuck's entire customer base is the people that want their cars to be all strange. And you look at it and go, are those wheels or something smaller than wheels? And Chuck will invent a lot of this stuff. And Chuck has actually been to court a few times because about two years ago, he was he marketed this muffler that was just made a whistle sound. It was just this really high pitched whistle and it was driving everyone in the community crazy. And it didn't even sound like a muffler. It sounded like a clown whistle. So he had all these cars driving around with clown whistles. And, you know, everyone that was into these cars were they were calling them clown cars. But Chuck got sued and he lost quite a bit of money. He had to stop making those whistles. He took a big hit on it, but that hasn't stopped him. He still makes all kinds of weird stuff for cars. One of the things he's known for is that he'll tint out your windows darker than anyone in the state will tint them out. He tinted out our windows on our Subaru and I couldn't even see out the windshield. He tinted the windshield. I still don't know if he did it on purpose, but I got pulled over and the car got impounded. And I don't know what he used on the windshield, but I had to replace the entire windshield. So at least seven or eight hundred dollars after the whole thing was over. But back to the Tesla that he gave Phil, I gave Chuck a call because I didn't think it was appropriate for him to give him a gift that was this expensive. And uh, anyway, here's the call. Check it out. 
Douglas. Chuck, you can't get Phil a Tesla for Christmas. What did you get him? A bottle of Ambien? No, I didn't give him a bottle of Ambien. I should have put a card in the Pall Malls in his glove box, considering what you're putting him through. I dare you to take it away from the kid. The kid loves it. You can't just give my son a $100,000 car. The rules are loose for grandparents, and nobody enforces them. There is no grandparent egg. You've got him driving around in a Tesla like it's like a billboard. The whole hood is wrapped in an ad for Chuck Baker Empire yeah. Auto. I mean, it's a, it's a viable marketing tool. Making me money. Money that I will spend on your rent and your mortgage when my daughter moves back into the house and you're in jail. I'm not going to go to jail, Chuck. Okay, well, that's what most of the people say in the documentaries I watch about people that are about to go to jail. So what, you're trying to market and sell this muffler to high school students? I'm not trying, I am. So his Christmas present is a billboard for your business. It's not a business, Doug. It's an empire. Right, I keep forgetting it's an empire. He needs to know what it's like to feel successful, and he's not going to learn it from you. So you're telling me that people will actually buy a modification that make their Teslas make a muffler sound? Look, Douglas, I'm a muffler guy, and with the dawn of the electric car, I've had to adjust. It is environmentally sound to have a Tesla, but a lot of my customers feel like the car has been castrated. Think about it as a reverse vasectomy for the American auto industry. Chuck... What? I'm giving the American auto industry its balls back. And if you're against that, then you've been castrated as well. So, Chuck, I'm going to talk about this with him, but I really don't think he should be driving a Tesla. Well, if I had a car like yours, I would definitely not want my son driving a Tesla. I mean, you drive around in a Subaru. A Subaru is a good car. It's a fine car for the kind of man who needs to strap a kayak to his car and escape reality for guys who like to rock climb. And canoe, go up into the woods and just ignore their family. I was also thinking ahead, Doug, because when you go to jail, he's going to need some place to live, you know? And what's more comfortable than a Tesla? He's not going to go to jail, Chuck. Or maybe there's some divorcee halfway house they put people like you in. I don't know. Maybe they want to save jail space. And you just sit there and you whine all day, just mopping the floor, complaining about the marriage that, you know, you just didn't. Chuck, we're not going to get divorced. Oh, you're not just going to get any divorce, Doug. This is going to be epic. Mm -hmm. No one will get divorced after this because it will be the last divorce. It will be so beautiful and so decisive. I've already started making a photo album of the divorce with all the pictures from the time you got married until now. So it's a great preamble. Half the book pre-marriage, half the Uh book after divorce. Once Phil has a son or a daughter, I'm going to take them up to the attic and show them the divorce album because it is something that will make me laugh, cry, and then laugh again. You know what? I think that's it. I'm signing off. All right. Well, thanks for picking up the phone, Chuck. I'm signing off. That means it's the end. I'm just saying that the... I am signing off. Nothing happens after a sign-off. Okay. Maybe if you join the military, you'd understand that. All right. I'm... Do you want to hang up? Go ahead and hang up. I'm signing off. I want you to hang up. I'll hang up. All right. So, and this is classic Chuck. He's going to buy my 16-year-old son a Tesla. And there's no way Chuck doesn't know that's inappropriate. This is just what he does. Last month, I walked into my son's room. He's got a big screen TV on his wall, rack-mounted. And it's not a small TV. It's like a really expensive, big OLED, which is a thing. It's an expensive TV. 
And I go, where'd you get that TV? He goes, oh, grandpa gave it to me. And I said, how did you get it rack mounted on the wall? He said, oh, the Geek Squad came in and did it. So I'm out here doing this podcast and he's in there installing really expensive hi-fi stuff. He's got speakers in the ceilings. Someone came in here and drilled giant holes in the ceilings. He's got speakers, complete surround sound. It's like 7.1, which is something big amp in his closet that controls the whole thing. It's like a $20,000, $25,000 system that he's got going on in there. And what am I supposed to do? Take it away from him and say, you can't have this stuff? I mean, it's his grandfather gave it to him. He's got more audio and video equipment in his bedroom than we've got in the whole house. Not to mention last year, Chuck got him one of those really expensive espresso machine makers that you see in those hipster coffee shops, those giant commercial espresso machines that are so big, you see them and you go, why does it need to be that large? And these things are like eight, $9,000 for espresso? I mean, have a cup of coffee. I mean, you talk about overkill on maintenance. you know how many little tubes are in this thing? You know, these little mustache guys, they're twisting and polishing and cleaning all these little tubes. I mean, the amount of labor, you know, you think he's doing something important. What's he doing? Oh, well, you know, coffee? Yeah, uh, he's making something that's almost as good. So Chuck got him one of these things and it's got like six stations on it, you know, and to see the thing, you'd think Phil is in the catering business. I hear him frothing milk in there every morning. Hey, dad, you want a cappuccino? Come on in. Little mini fridge, TV's going you know, it's like when you walk into the rich guy's office, wherever you work, and he's got all this stuff. He's like the boss guy or like the second boss guy. Or he's one of those guys who's been sent in from the corporate side to fix everything in the company. But he really won't end up fixing anything. But he will get divorced like twice while he's working there. Guy's always named Nick. And he didn't go to Harvard, but he went to almost Harvard. Always finds the most expensive hobby. Like, you know, I just recently started collecting Ferraris. And you walk into his office. He's got like a solid gold pinball machine. You go, your assistant said you wanted to talk to me. And they go, yeah, come on in. We're all doing lines off of Jimi Hendrix's old guitar. I just bought it on eBay. And you get that vibe when you walk into Phil's office. I mean, room. I've called it his office before, by the way. I mean, it's like an office in there. He's got like this oak desk. It's huge. Takes up half the room. So you've got the oak desk and then you've got that huge espresso machine. He's got a large tropical fish tank. Comes out of the wall like a bubble. And then there's this guy that comes in like twice a month to help maintain this machine. This guy, he speaks, only speaks Italian. Phil's learning Italian and they just sit in there and they have Italian conversations and clean this espresso machine. So the guy's name is Enzo. He shows up every third Saturday with a big bag of lemons that he gives me. I don't know why he always gives me lemons. He must have a lemon tree. You know how whenever someone has a lemon tree, every time they see it, they go, hey, you want 500 lemons? And they give you like a big grocery-sized bag of lemons. I mean, if I was a baker who only made lemon-flavored baked goods, I couldn't use this many lemons. It's kind of a Burbank thing. Everyone's got lemon trees here, so they're all trying to unload them on each other. So Enzo unloads all these lemons on me and then he goes into Phil's room and they're just hanging out. And Phil's just in there frothing up cappuccinos and hanging out with him. It's like a little Italian cafe in there. I would rather be in Phil's room than anywhere else in our house. Every time I walk out of the room, I don't want to leave. But now he's got this Tesla and I don't, I guess I don't know if I can take it away from him, but see, and that's Phil pulling up right now in the Tesla. You hear how loud that thing is? It's not even a real muffler. It's like a big speaker where the muffler would be. 
Why is the horn like that? The windows of the garage just shook. It's like a giant ship horn. Okay, I gotta, I gotta go talk to Phil. All right, I, there's just no way that anyone's gonna put up with that sound. What? You can't hear that? Sorry, every time I lock it, it beeps with that horn sound. Um, okay. What do you want me to do? I don't know. I mean, can you turn it down a little? Why is it still doing it? Sorry, the keys in my pocket, they keep pocket pressing it. Sorry. So you heard that, and I just don't know how it's going to be manageable to have a Tesla that's that loud with a horn like that. And it's just another one of those Chuck gimmicks. The horn on that thing sounds like it was lifted off of a cruise ship. Thing makes that sound every time you click the keys to lock it and every time an object gets near it when it's running. And when it makes automated lane changes, which, I mean, how many Teslas have to drive off of highway overpasses before people give up on the automated lane change and the self-driving car thing? You know, they act like these cars can drive themselves and then every time it runs over someone, they're like, "Uh, except for that time, it didn't work. I mean, how many of these cars have to burst into flames before people go, you know, maybe we should give it a couple more years before we start taking the steering wheels off? So no matter what, I'm going to turn the automatic driving function off on that thing. And I'm still undecided overall on whether or not he's going to continue driving that thing. If you want, you can go to the Valley Heat Patreon page and discuss it with me there. Or you can write me a Valley Heat podcast at hotmail.com. Should a 16-year-old kid have a Tesla? Should anyone have one? Also, if you want, while you're at the Valley Heat Patreon page, you can become a Valley Important member for $2 and help keep the podcast going. I know my neighbor Gary told me that he didn't think the Patreon page was actually real because he didn't think I knew how to do it, but I did. I created a Patreon page for the podcast, and you can check it out at whatever the address is for Patreon. Otherwise, I'm going to have to go back to being a freelance insurance agent here pretty soon. And I don't want to take this to some kind of network because then... Before you know it, there's going to be ads that are outside of Burbank, and I think that would just be a bad thing for Burbank and the entire Rancho Equestria District and the entire world. All right, let's get to our main story and see what's going on with Pete the Pool Guy. I'm still doing as much detective work as I can to figure out who's actually putting drugs in our garbage can and usually get us a drug drop. And until I figure that out, it's really bad news for Pete because the DEA is still following him around. They still think he's the one who is doing it. I've tried to tell them it isn't, but they won't listen to me. Last time I talked to the DEA, the guy threatened to arrest me for even involving myself in all this. But let me update you on what's going on with Pete. A whole lot has happened with him since last time I talked about him. As you know, he was arrested a short time ago because he gave me this big bottle of Ambien that he got from his cousin who's married to a Canadian pharmacist. The DEA had been following Pete around because they thought, just like I did, that Pete had been using our garbage can as a drug drop to distribute drugs. But... That was far from the case. He had nothing to do with any of that. Someone is using the garbage can as a drug drop. And as soon as I figure out who it is, I'm going to let the DEA know. And Pete will finally be off the hook. I mean, it's been nothing but bad news for Pete ever since this drug drop thing started happening. So the sooner I can figure out who it is, the sooner he can move on with his life. I mean, it just keeps getting worse for the poor guy. You know, I bailed him out of jail last week because he didn't want his wife to know what happened. And I understand, you know, he probably didn't want to worry her. He probably should have let her know what was going on. But, I mean, I wanted to help him any way that I could because I felt responsible that he was in jail in the first place. Not that I asked him for that Ambien, but he did give it to me as a gesture of kindness. I mean, he made me pay $200 for it, but I felt like I should pay for it because he was just trying to help me. I had 
wrongly accused his wife of stealing some ambient out of our bathroom. Well, I didn't really accuse her of stealing it. I just asked her if she saw it after she was in there and she was kind of mad at me. He was also mad at me, but being the guy Pete was, even though he was mad at me, he said, look, if you need Ambien, I, here's some Ambien. And then, of course, he said, I want you out of my life. Never talk to me again, which I gladly would have. But then he got arrested because the DEA found out about the Ambien. So he called me to bail him out and his cousin. They were both in there. And in order to do that, I had to transfer some money out of a bank account. And when I did, I accidentally divulged a little bit too much information about Pete to a bank teller that lives down the street. This guy, Greg, at Riverside Bank, and I was afraid that it was the type of thing that might really come back to bite Pete. And I was right. It really did come back to bite Pete in a really bad way. And I'm going to tell you all about it right after this promotion. You know, we're in the middle of winter right now and everyone's trying to stay warm, especially babies. If you've got a baby, you want to keep that baby warm. Jan Robinson has just come out with some baby clothes and they're amazing. As you know, Jan is a huge fan of Timothy Chalamet. Just like she recently made that Cheers themed jacket, she's made some Timothy Chalamet themed baby clothes. These clothes, every single outfit is modeled after an outfit that Timothy Chalamet wore in any of his movies. You pick the Timothy Chalamet movie and Jan has the baby clothes to match it. If you want him to wear the clothes that he wore in Call Me By Your Name or any of the other movies that he was in, I don't know, here's a little known fact. Timothy Chalamet was actually in the Christopher Nolan movie Interstellar. I don't know if you remember that movie, but he was pretty young in it, but he's in it. She even does the clothes from that movie or the one where he was in a war She's got that outfit and also all the outfits from the movie Lady Bird that he was in. And you can even get a little baby knit hat that looks just like Timothy Chalamet's hair. If you love Timothy Chalamet and you love Jan Robinson, you're going to love her clothing line. It's called Baby Chalamet. You got to check it out. It's not just baby clothing. It's Jan Robinson's Baby Chalamet baby clothing line. Baby Chalamet. Check it out. baby in the casual confidence of Timothy Chalamet. Give them the starring role in your Chalamet lifestyle. Baby casual, baby confident, baby Chalamet. So like I was saying, Pete was arrested last week with his cousin John McDonald, the Canadian foosball champion. And then Pete called me from jail because he didn't want to call his wife Candace. He didn't want her to know about it. And I had to bail them both out. But before I could bail them out, I had to call my bank and transfer some money out of our savings account. And when I called the bank, it turns out the teller I was talking to was this guy, Greg, who lives across the street from me. And I ended up spilling all this information to him about Pete and what Pete's name is. Turns out Pete is also Greg's pool guy. And before I knew it, Greg starts talking about firing Pete. And I said to Greg, this is a big misunderstanding. Pete hasn't done anything, but Greg really wasn't listening to me. But I finally got the money transferred, and I went down there, and I bailed them out of jail. But, but man, I'll tell you, Pete's cousin is still really mad at me. 
His cousin is this guy, John McDonald. He's the Canadian foosball champion right now. He's down here for the Burbank foosball tournament, and these foosball guys really get angry. They can be kind of violent. I mean, they're known for killing each other during games, sometimes inadvertently. These balls are zipping back and forth so fast on the table sometimes. One of those balls ricochets off a foosball guy, and you got a guy unconscious, a guy with a concussion, or worst case, a dead guy. Foosball, a lot of people don't know in terms of sports deaths, is second only to that sport where people jump off cliffs in those bat suits. I can't remember what it's called, but you put on one of those suits that makes you look like a flying squirrel, and you jump off a cliff, and then you kind of fly down. It's really just one degree away from doing a Mary Poppins, only you're not holding an umbrella. You're where Your suit is the umbrella, and the air catches you. You're soaring through the air at like 100 miles per hour or something, and it's almost like you're a superhero. It's probably the most extreme of all sports is this bat suit thing. I mean, the only thing more extreme than that would be just jumping off a cliff without the suit on. And there aren't a lot of sports where people die, but foosball's one of them. Yacht racing is another one. And coming in fourth is lumberjack competitions where they do chainsaw stuff and use chains to climb up trees and throw trunks of trees over other trunks of trees. It's dangerous stuff. A lot of chainsaws, a lot of missing fingers and knocked out teeth in lumberjack stuff. But at least lumberjacking is a practical skill. I mean, there's no practical application for bat suiting off a cliff. I mean, a lumberjack on his off season can go get a job as a lumberjack, but no one's hiring a guy who thinks he can fly. If you're a suit flying guy, you got to go on your off season and get a job in retail or at a desk somewhere. But the point is foosball is even more dangerous than the lumberjack thing. And all that pertains to this phone call I got from Pete yesterday after I bailed him and his cousin John out of jail. They called me and I recorded the whole thing and I wanted you to hear it. Here it is. Hi, Pete. Let's talk about a couple things. Okay, what's going What's going on? Are you home? You know a guy named Greg? <sighs> yeah, I do. The, from the bank, right? He got a pool, doesn't he? You know that? Do you know he has a pool? Yeah, I know that now. Yeah. Tell him, did you tell him that you bailed me out of jail? Well, I didn't call to tell him that. You know, this bank tends to ask a lot of personal questions, and he kind of pried some information out of yeah, me that I, I didn't. I used to do that dude's pool. But then he found out I got arrested, and then he told everyone on that block that I work for, and now I don't work on that block at all. That was Pete, a lot this is the money. last thing I wanted to have happen, obviously. So I just want to get this straight. Uh, in, a, in a bank transaction, you somehow divulged that your pool guy, Pete Leshniak, my full name, you said my full name was arrested at the bank transaction. I mean, it was really an accident, Pete, is what I'm trying to say. I didn't, well, then how did any of that come up at the bank? It was kind of like a domino effect. He got all this information out of me. How I do I believe this is just accidental? You tell the guy that like, I don't know that I would believe me either. I mean, I just want to promise that. I don't that, know what to do with what you just said. I don't know if I would believe me either. I don't know what where to even go with that comment. Right. I, I understand it's that. frustrating. It is frustrating, and I completely agree, and it should never have happened. Like, a, like if a cannibal just wanted my emotions. Okay. Like, that's what I feel like you are. You're, a, you're an emotional cannibal. Okay. I mean, I'll take that remark. I've heard that before. 
I mean, not those exact words, but the sentiment is what I mean. How do you? I'm just confused because every time I'm in the bank, it's like quiet. No one's saying anything. People, even when you get your money, it's still like the least words possible. Right. I know what you mean. You go in and and you're like, and I'm going to tell them what's going on with me right now, and then I'll get some money. Well, it didn't really play out like that, but I mean, I know what you mean. Give me the phone. Hey, hey, buddy, guess where I'm at? Who's this? Is this John? Yes, it's John. Where? Luckily, I have a cousin down here. All right, I'm at his house now because my wife won't let me back in the Airbnb because I was arrested. You're what? You're staying in an Airbnb? Yeah, yeah. We're down here for the foosball tournament, but now I'm on my cousin's couch and my wife won't even talk to me. What, why won't she talk to you? Because I was in jail, Doug. Oh, right. So she found out you were in jail. Hey, okay. guess who else's wife is in here? Who? Mine. Is it? Is that Pete in the background? Candace found out and she left. Where did she left? Where did she go? I don't know, but I bet you get a knock on your door soon. My door? Yeah. Where else is she going to go? We don't have family here. They're all in Canada. Here, hey, give me the phone back. You better let her stay there. You want her to stay at my house? Oh, I don't want. I don't want. You're gonna. You're gonna do this. She's staying there. And that's it, man. I have a kid. Is that Pete in the background? What did he say? So do we. Okay, well, fair enough. You also have a kid, but I still don't see how this could possibly work. Right, man, she would you stay. tell me what you want me to do. I have a court date. I have no work. I can't believe I was in jail. Here, hey, give me the phone back. I'm a foosball champion. I know that, John, and I'm sorry this is interfering with everything. But... Such a chiseler. What's a chiseler? It's Canadian. Don't worry about it. You bender. I don't know what that is either. It means you don't know how to tie your skates, you bender. Okay, well, I don't have skates. We got a, we got a word for you in Quebec. Bocab. All right, look it up. Okay, can I talk to Pete again? All right, hoser. Okay, well, I know what hoser is. Yeah, oh, yeah, congratulations. You, you know one of the Canadian words, bender. So what should I do? I don't, I don't know. I don't, and I don't know what to do. I mean, I, I, all I can do is call Greg and try to work out. I don't know why he had to fire you based on, I told him that you wasn't. Claymore mine. You're a human Claymore mine. Okay. Well, I'll take the remark. You've ruined my life. All right. So you heard that. So what I wanted to do was give Greg a call at the bank and just try to convince him to hire Pete back. And that was entirely my plan until not 15 minutes after that phone conversation, Pete's wife Candace shows up in my doorway with her baby. So she expects to stay at the house, our house, where my son lives and where my wife lives. She's not here right now. She's at her dad's house, but she's coming back soon. And I have no idea how to say no to Candace because John is so mad at me. I guess his wife isn't talking to him either, and he's got to get into this foosball championship mindset because this big Burbank foosball championship's coming up at used foosball tables on Magnolia. By the way, if you are going to be in that tournament, if you're going to sign up for it, you got to do that right away. If you don't sign up after Wednesday, you're cut off. And if you try to sign up after Wednesday, they really don't like it. They revoke your right to ever go back into used foosball tables. They put a picture of you up on this wall of shame and use foosball tables. And if anyone sees you within the vicinity, they, you know, there've been a lot of fights. This guy, Terry Mellon, one of my neighbors, he tried to sign up after the cutoff date last year. And someone in the middle of the night poured hot tar all over his front lawn, completely ruined Terry's front lawn. They had to bring a construction crew in to remove all the tar, had to hire a bulldozer operator, and then they had to resod the entire thing. Cost him thousands of dollars just because he tried to sign up for this tournament on Thursday after the cutoff date last year. 
So if you're going to sign up for it, do it now. Don't wait, don't even wait till Wednesday. Do it immediately. And like I'm saying, this is what these foosball guys are like. So Candace shows up at the door, and I really don't know how to say no to her. But anyway, when she showed up, I recorded it for you, and I want to play that for you right after this promotion. It's coming. The foosball event of the year. The Burbank Foosball Championship Tournament, sponsored by used foosball tables. Every name in big foosball will be there. Mike Smith. Steve Smith. Mike Green, Michael Brown, Ted Roberts, Jason Williams, Josh White, John McDonald, the Canadian foosball champion, and last but not least, Steve Smith. Not the other Steve Smith, the Steve Smith, the international foosball champion and a special exhibition appearance from former international foosball champion, Steve Wilson. Get your tickets now or sign up to compete before Wednesday. Do not sign up to compete after Wednesday. Terry Mellon of Burbank, California is not permitted to attend the tournament or to compete in the tournament. If you are Terry Mellon, do not attend this tournament. Used Foosball Tables reserves all rights to refuse service to Terry Mellon. The Burbank Championship Foosball Tournament Championship. Check it out. All right, so like I was saying, Candace showed up at my door not 15 or 20 minutes after I got that phone call from Pete and John, and I barely even knew what was going on. I barely had any time to process what Pete and John had told me. And John was so mad at me. He said, you better let her stay there. And I don't know what that means. What's what's he going to do if I don't let someone who I barely know stay in the house? But anyway, she showed up at the door and, I, and here's what happened. Oh, and one more thing. The entire time she's here, she's got Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield just playing on her phone the entire time. Just inexplicably never turns it off. Just leaves this Rick Springfield song playing like it's something she does all day. Anyway, here's what happened. Hey, Candace. Thank you so much. This means everything to us. Well, I don't... Actually, why don't you... We should probably talk because I don't really know what's going on. Can I come in? I just, I, obviously, I'm not... Well, yes. Can you take her? Well, yes. Just, it's okay. been a lot. I don't know if I've ever been this mad at Pete. And his cousin, John, is such a bad influence. All he does, he's just constantly cooking bacon. Did you say he's constantly cooking bacon? Yes. So, and you're a vegetarian, I take it? No. Oh, you just don't I, like... I just can't... It's so much bacon. You would be. You would start to hate bacon if you understood how much bacon was getting cooked at our house. It reeks. You're here because he's cooking too much bacon? I can't be there anymore. He tried to hide that he was arrested, and then he calls you. Well, I, thought, I think he just didn't want to upset you. Well, too late, and now where am I supposed to go? You're my only family here. Okay, I don't... I mean, f family? I'm trying to make it work. Well, okay, so how long is it that you've even thinking about staying here probably a month or two i mean a i don't want to say it or could two. be I, i'm just saying it's you know that i have that it could be more i i know my wife isn't here right now but she's actually coming back from her dad's house that she doesn't know anything about this she'll be fine with it she loves me she doesn't know you you can't understand what i'm living through do you know how many times i've hit my head on a pull-up bar he just leaves it in the doorway he's constantly doing pull-ups cooking Does bacon pull-ups is what you're saying? What? Yes. He's a foosball guy. He's got these Popeye forearms. So, look, 
I'm not saying you can't stay here briefly, but... Obviously, I can take care of the pool, and I can do a lot of other stuff to help you. Like, there, I'm pretty good at light yard work, medium to light yard work. I don't work. know that uh, that's even necessary. I just, I guess my point is that I... I saw a Tesla in the driveway on my way. Did you just buy a Tesla? No, it's my son's. It's a long story, but... I mean, it's... I can help take care of that. I mean, I can wash it or just whatever you would need. Let's talk about the move-in. I really haven't agreed to anything like that. I don't know how I can do that. <sighs> I'm exhausted. Can we talk about this later? I just, if I could take a shower right now, I'm, is that okay? You've got her. So, in classic Candace form, she's in the shower within three minutes of coming over. I don't know what it is with her and taking showers, but it's the only thing I've ever known her to do, other than cannonballs into my pool i mean it's either jackknives and cannonballs or can i get in your shower please and will you hold my baby not even hold my baby will you just have my baby while i go do some stuff in your house and that is really not the worst of it because she in trying to help around the house she decided to wash phil's tesla that chuck gave to him and I guess she thought that some sap had fallen all over it from this tree that was over the car. At first, Phil and I really didn't understand what happened. It was, the whole car smelled like mint. It was kind of like it had faint scratches all over the entire surface. Just tiny little scratches everywhere. She spot treated it, and then we realized what we were smelling was toothpaste. I guess she had read somewhere that toothpaste can be used to spot treat sap on a car. And she didn't just try to rub a couple spots off. She decided because she thought the car was covered in these little sap droplets, she just poured the whole tube of toothpaste in a bucket and scrubbed the car with it. She scrubbed this whole brand new car with toothpaste. And I tried to confront her about it. And anyway, let me just play this for you. Candace, can I ask you a question? Did you, did you wash the uh, Phil's? Tesla? I wanted it to be a surprise, but yeah, there was some sap over it from the tree above, and I googled it, and it's toothpaste that gets it off. You wash the car with toothpaste? Yes, it's a hack. They, I think it's for spot treatment, but those sap droplets were covering the top of it, so I just squeezed the whole tube of toothpaste into a bucket, and I just used that all across the top. It's really, I think it's really scratched. I think well, that could have been from the sap dropping. The, it's, I think the entire car seems very lightly scratched. I resent the fact that you're implicating me in this whatsoever. You can't wash a car with toothpaste. I don't think you can even spot treat a car with toothpaste. Well, I think Google would disagree with you. It's an abrasive. It's you're abrasive a... right now. I don't appreciate this. Okay. By the way, it was your toothpaste, so I don't know what's in your toothpaste. Uh, the toothpaste? It's my toothpaste is why the car is like Tom's that? Tom's of Maine? What is that even made out of? It's Tom's of Maine. Everyone knows what Tom's of Maine is. It's just normal toothpaste. It's just not made for washing cars. You know what? I don't want to talk about this right now. I need to shower. So. A shower. You're taking another shower? Put it on the tab, Doug. I know you're keeping track. There isn't a tab, Candace. I just don't see how this is going to work. Oh, I agree it's not working. So something's got to change. Okay, I uh, guess I'll watch the baby. So the entire car is covered in little microscopic scratches. Phil is beside himself. And I mean, I feel bad for him. He should never have gotten that car in the first place because it's too much for a kid to take care of. 
And I should never have let Candace come to the house. But now it's like she's this permanent installment of Jesse's girl. I mean, I've heard Jesse's girl at least 150 times. And I used to like Jesse's girl. I used to really like hearing that song. That song comes on in a bar and everyone's just kind of happy, including me. But now when I hear it, I just think of a stranger in my shower and a baby that I'm supposed to take care of. But the moment it all happened, I knew that Chuck was going to find out about it, which he did. And we had a conversation about it. And I'll play that conversation for you right after this promotion. I don't know if you're familiar with the healing properties of turmeric, but it's an amazing anti-inflammatory for arthritis and other things that you would need for anti-inflammatory stuff. But this isn't an ad for turmeric itself. It's actually an ad for becoming a distributor of the turmeric supplement. What you do is you order from this company, U-Turmeric, and they sell you about a four or 500-pound pallet of turmeric. You get that. It's shipped to you. And then you get uh, these boxes of all these gel caps and bottles, and then you become a distributor of turmeric yourself. And you can call this company whatever you want. You could call it Gary's Turmeric or whatever your name is, Turmeric, whatever you want to call it. As long as you put the U Turmeric name on the bottle, you can call this whatever you want. And I actually did this a while back with the same company, only for me it was Nutmeg, which is another great spice and supplement with a lot of great healing properties. Only with Turmeric, it's anti-inflammatory. With Nutmeg, it's uh, mind clarity. So they send you this big pallet, uh, turmeric, and for me it was nutmeg, and they send you all these gel caps, and then they get this gel cap maker. It's like kind of like a big stapler. But what happened for me is I actually, as I was doing it, I did it. It's kind of a repetitive motion making these gel caps, and I got carpal tunnel syndrome in my right hand, and really shoots all the way up. It's kind of like arthritis, shoots all the way up into your shoulder. And I was really laid up in bed because I was doing it with my right hand, and then when that got tired, I started trying to do it with my left hand. Then I had carpal tunnel in both hands and had wrist braces on both hands and was just laying there, you know, watching TV for about a month, wondering when I was going to be able to get back to gel capping it and selling that stuff. So as a result, I have all this nutmeg in my garage still. It takes up a lot of the garage. So my family isn't super happy about it because one thing is we had a ping pong table out here. Now there's no room for the ping pong table because there's all this nutmeg. I'd say there's about eight or nine square feet of this plastic wrapped nutmeg i think it ships from india and it stretches up to the ceiling and then next to that is another nine or ten square feet of these boxes of these gel caps and bottles to put the gel caps in so that takes up a lot of space and last year my son had a birthday party and he wanted to play ping pong out here with his friends and i had to say i don't think there's going to be any ping pong this year because there's so much nutmeg in the garage but pretty soon I'm going to get back to gel capping it, you know, getting those things in bottles and getting them sold. One thing I've heard is that nutmeg actually has an expiration date. So I'm hoping this stuff hasn't gone bad. And that's something you want to find out. Find out what the turmeric expiration date is if you order from you turmeric. And that way you'll know how fast you need to sell all this stuff. Otherwise, you're going to have a garage full of turmeric. Like I have a garage full of nutmeg and you're not going to be able to legally sell it because I don't think you can sell expired supplements. Anyway, you turmeric, check it out. This is really a great way to become a part of the supplement industry. You can go to any of these websites to check it out. You turmeric, you nutmeg, you milk thistle, or you St. John's wort. Then that's .com for all three of those. Sorry, no, it's .net. You milk thistle, you St. John's wort, you nutmeg, or you turmeric, .net. Sorry, it's .tv. So St. John's wort or and all the other ones, you, the stuff, and then .tv. Check it out.
So like I was saying, after Candace washed Phil's Tesla with toothpaste, I knew that I was going to have to give Chuck a call or he was going to give me a call, which is what ended up happening. Also, my wife Faye is still up there at Chuck's house because he still contends that his $15,000 electronic gate won't open until this guy Steve, who's on vacation in Big Bear, comes and fixes it. But it was Christmas Eve and I really wanted to make sure that Faye was going to get down here in time for the holiday. And I made a deal with Phil that he wouldn't tell her about Candace. He'd let me do it. So when Chuck called me, I got a chance to talk about all this stuff. And anyway, here's what happened. Hey, hi, Chuck. I think I know where you're calling. Why am I it's calling? It's the car. No, no, you know what? Let me tell you. Somebody used toothpaste to clean a Tesla $80,000. I agree with you. But... There are so many levels to this. Well, let's just go through them. One, what is this woman doing at your house? Right. Two, why is she washing your car? Three, why is she doing it with whitening toothpaste? Every single one of those is a legitimate question. Honest, I don't know how you can facilitate such madness. So, being generous, as I generally am, I'm going to just say that you just have to pay for the car to be repainted. It's just very simple. Maybe we could work out a payment plan, or I don't know how you're going to pay it off in prison. And I mean, that might be 50 years of uh, prison work to pay that off. He's not going to jail. I'm talking right now. You can talk later. Chuck, can I talk to Faye for a second, if you don't mind? Dad, it's the holidays. Can we please just be good to each other? She has a point, Chuck. Fine. I'll take a shot at it. You know, I was going to tell you that I actually did get you a Christmas gift because I'm all about the loveliness of the season. Oh, that's very nice. Can I finish, please? Sorry, go ahead. The gift is I fixed the gate, and Faye can now come home for the holidays. You're welcome. Chuck, that is great news. Thank you. Right? It is. It's really great. Yes. Thank you, Chuck. I, you know, and I've been a little angry this year, a little off. A little on edge, I guess. So, yes, it is a time of forgiveness. So, to you, I say, on this Christmas, uh, I maybe exaggerate how much I hate you. Chuck, I mean, I appreciate you saying that. Please don't interrupt me while I'm trying to be nice to you. It is not easy for me. Sorry. As I was saying, may God bless you and your family on Christmas and in the new year. I just read that from a card I got. Don't th- don't think I came up with that. It was just something okay, that I well, read. Was- I mean, I appreciate what you're saying, Chuck. And I do go- love you. I do love you, Doug. And I will continue to love you up until the moment that my daughter is out of your life. Well, Chuck, I want you to know that I love you too. I didn't ask for that. I was talking. I was the one being emotional. All right. Well, happy holidays. Yeah. May all of your season be bright. Thank you both for being kind to each other, even if it's just for a day. All right, I gotta go make some eggnog. However, there is not enough room for me to forget my grievances with your behavior over the past year. That is the beauty of the end of the year. You can take stock of what happened. So, may next year not be as stupid. No. Unnecessary. Give me the phone. God bless. Hi, hun. I'm heading home in an hour. Wow. Can you believe it? I I can't believe it. 
I do have to tell you one thing before you come home. Candace, Pete's wife, is at the house right now. What? She actually has to stay here for a little while. I'm trying to make it as short as possible, but she Candace, doesn't want to stay with Pete. Is that my house? Give me the phone, please. You know what? I rescind the Christmas gift, and I'm going to go down there with a hammer myself, and I'm just going to bang on that gate until it doesn't work anymore. Chuck, hold on. So Christmas was just Phil and me and Candace and the baby. Faye still got some FaceTime in with Phil, so that was good. All in all, it wasn't a bad Christmas. And I mean, when you look back over the year, how bad could it be? Pretty bad. Okay. But if I look back over the year, I'm thankful for everything. Except for Dean Fernari. I'm thankful for everything. I mean, not the car wash or Donovan. But there's a lot of thanks to go around. Or the DEA guy, really. I mean, you're out there with your mom staking out a house and you don't even know who you're investigating. But I know that I will be thankful when I figure out who's been using my garbage can as a drug drop so I can get Pete off the hook and we can all, you know, move on with our lives. And don't forget today's podcast was also sponsored by Paul Robinson Christmas Tubs. You know, Christmas and New Year's are over, but I think he's still got it open. I think he's going to rename this place. He's been throwing a couple names around for this hot tub place where it snows on your head. I'm telling you, I just love this place. One of the names he mentioned was Snow Bubbles, which I really think that's a great name for the place. And don't forget today's podcast was also sponsored by Jan Robinson's Baby Chalamet clothing line. That's her Timothy Chalamet themed baby clothing line. It's great stuff. Baby casual, baby confident, baby Chalamet. And lastly, the podcast is sponsored, of course, by the Burbank foosball championship tournament sponsored by used foosball tables on magnolia you got to get over there and check it out it's coming up this weekend if you're going to sign up anytime after wednesday don't wednesday at 3 30 is the cutoff anything after that is absolutely not permitted and i've been directed to say terry mellon do not go to this tournament do not attempt to sign up or attend this tournament it says here that this is your final notice and you have been given fair warning All right, that's it for this week on Valley Heat. Happy New Year and take it easy. These are the Chronicles of the Ranch Ranch Western District in Burbank, California. Remember, if your name is Terry Mellon, do not attempt to sign up to attend or compete in the Burbank Foosball Championship Tournament. This is your final warning. Use two small tables, reserve the rights to refuse all services to Terry Mellon. Sign up for the Patreon page this week. I'll send you a free Jan Robinson or Valley t-shirt of your choice. Hey, Phil, you see my phone? Did my FedEx package come yet? Hey, FedEx might come with a payment on delivery. Let me give you this credit card number right now. What? What? I said I'm going to give you my credit card number. You write this credit card number down in case FedEx comes up. 4146-4595-0162. Seven, eight, one, one, six, 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 six